and we're back. That was quick. Th- that that's the fastest that that the Zoom lady has ever said anything as far as this meeting being recorded. Like normally it's a I click it five seconds and I start talking and then here she is interrupting me per usual. But I guess Zoom did some 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 great updates um, to make sure the the Zoom lady doesn't interrupt me for my podcast. But that's that is that is phenomenal. But anyway, we're back with another episode of Civil Discord. We are um glad to have you here. We have an interesting topic to discuss and I feel like it like like two things kind of go together and I may throw you the curveball because of what 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 kind of what trans what transpired this past weekend and 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 your thoughts on that and and whatnot and as far as as, as far as because I feel like th- these two things kind of go together or whatnot but I'm one of your hosts Maurice Jones and across from me um, uh, across fr- and via the zooms of the world is Miss Amanda Amanda how are you doing I'm, I'm doing well um and uh happy capitalism day by the way have a very a very Bezos prime day uh to you Yes. Happy Prime Day. Happy Prime Day to everybody out there. 48 hours of some great deals for you guys to stimulate the economy that has been shut down for the past year. 48 hours of commodity purchases that were never in a supply shock, by the way, which might be why we're seeing commodity uh, deflation. Anyway, (laughs) we can get to that another time. So how, how, how was your week? How was this week? I know we had Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers that listen to this podcast, whether you're a father of a, a biological th- child, whether you've adopted somebody, whether you're a pet father or whatnot, because I get you guys don't get no love and people, people make fun of you. I don't because I'm a pet dad as well, too. But I understand the hard work that 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 actual fathers of human beings put into work on a yearly basis. So um, I know my dad doesn't listen to this, but if he happens to, happy Father's Day, dad. It just passed. I love you. You have been an inspiration to me over the past 33 years of my life. And I'm grateful for every minute of that. Yes. Also, happy Father's Day, dad, uh, for me as well. Um, you've put me to shame, but yes, um, I've, I, I've had a good week. I'm officially, uh, as I was telling you before we started recording, I'm, a, I'm finished with uh, my first year of PhD land, um, which means uh, if you're a PhD student, you know this, it means that you're done writing papers and so now you get to write more papers. Um, so basically the way that it works is you finish all your work and then you say, I would like to write another paper. Here is a list of my demands. And they say, do you mean a proposal? And you say that implies that it's optional. And then if they like it enough, uh, they give you money to write the paper. So I have money to write a paper and that's, it's fun. So now I get to write more. That's always good. That's exciting. You were definitely the writer. I am not a writer at all with words or anything like that words don't come very easy to me I and um that. at least on writing papers or whatnot if if if, if i were to write a speech i'd i think i'd, I'd have that one to a t but like mm-hmm. writing formal and nah i just i couldn't do it i just can't power to you power to you it's a gift though speech writing is a gift honestly like it's it's you you have to be pithy and to the point and it's something that i i still struggle with but yeah so we're always growing. We're always going. So the topic for this episode is very interesting, um, partly because it is very controversial amongst the left and the right, amongst different um, cultures, communities, and so forth. Uh, and so I had to do some studying on this 
to actually come up come up to 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 try to understand what all of this is but we are going to be talking about critical race theory crt and 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 honestly j- just um starting with with defining that and then and then what does that look like in school systems how should we address that um and and honestly, Amanda has no idea how I feel about this. I have, I mean, I have an inkling of, of how she feels about it or whatnot. But um, w- with us having two different, um, coming from two different perspectives, it, it it is going to be interesting to 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 see where we go, especially from a no offense from a non-person of color talking to a person of color or whatnot. And albeit the the person Amanda knows more about this than I do. And I'm the person of color. So uh, this is supposed to be benefiting me for some reason. And I don't even know. And I had to study this over the past week to, to truly understand what critical race theory is and um, and and the, the defining of, of that. But we're going to go on that. And then we're going to talk, a, maybe at the end of the episode, we're going to talk a little bit about Juneteenth because I had a back and forth with somebody about Juneteenth. And oh. it's quite surprising. Um, my views on it, or su- surprisingly so. But hey, you know, I mean, if that doesn't give it away, then 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 whatever, you know. But I'm no Candace Owens on that. I can tell you that I don't I don't feel the same way she does. So, um, but so Amanda, kind of take us through. First, let's start with critical race theory versus critical theory, sure. and the difference between the two, and that way we can branch off from there into critical race theory. Sure, uh, and that's actually a great place to start. So, oftentimes, critical race theory gets uh, critical theory gets lumped in with critical race theory. People think that critical theory is a shorthand for CRT. It's in fact uh, CRT is an offshoot of critical theory. Um, really, you can look at all philosophy as a type of critical theory. Critical theory basically just means that you are looking at the institutions of society and culture and you are critiquing them, not necessarily you're saying that they're all horrible, but you are looking at them in a critical way. You're asking questions about how did this come to be? Uh, what are its characteristics? How does it work? So you can really take, you can take Heraclitus, who's an ancient Greek philosopher and say he's a critical theorist. Um, I consider myself someone who studies critical theory is very interested in critical theory. Um, I do not consider myself a proponent of critical race theory. Critical race theory is an offshoot of this. And basically what it does, uh, a lot of the dogma derives from uh, Hegelian, Marxian, Leninist ideology. But what it essentially does is it uh, it, it tries to initiate uh, an upending of really all current dynamics that are in existence via the uh, racial designation. Um, and it's it's a very, very distinctive offshoot of critical theory, but I do want to uh, differentiate the two in particular because uh, there are a few critical theorists who get lumped in with CRT folks. Mm. I think honestly, people like Foucault get a really bad rap. Foucault would probably, uh, you can use Foucault to uh, attack critical race theory in a lot of ways. Um, If you look at one of his works, History of Sexuality, Volume 2, he says that we started labeling people according to their predilections first to pathologize them, just as we do with whiteness today. He doesn't say that we do this with whiteness, but you can easily draw that parallel. 
you're no longer someone who, for instance, Foucault talked about how you were no longer someone who engaged in sodomy, you became a sodomite. Mm. Um, the goal of that was first to reduce you to one particular activity and to demonize that activity and characteristic. And it sounds very much like what we do with race and especially whiteness today. Okay. Uh, but what I want to be clear that I don't think critical race theory is reverse racism at all. I don't even think it's really anti-white. I think that it's an incredibly white supremacist paradigm. Um, and I, I think that any prejudice for one race casts an implicit prejudice on every other race. But in general, I see it as being a white supremacist kind of uh, theory. Okay, which which we, we will definitely dive into. Um, I, I'm excited to get to that because because j j just how it pans out, it's just like, come on now, it's ridiculous. So in essence, critical theory is like the 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 big scope of a lot of things. And critical race theory is kind of like, I don't want to say like an extension of that, but kind of like a square is a rectangle, but a rectangle is not always a square. I'll, I'll always go back to that. So, yeah. so critical race theory is a form of critical theory, but critical theory is not always critical race theory. It, that's a great analogy. Okay. So, yeah. That makes sense. That, that, and, and, and that's, that's always been, um, and, and the way you described it, I'm like, man, do I like subscribe to critical theory? Because I, I, I look at, you know, how cultures are set up and how things are set up and what's right and wrong about them, especially from, from my ANCAP mind of like, oh, like, Okay, let's let's take the U.S. government, U.S. culture for it, for example. What is wrong with it? What is right with it? What does this do well? What does this not do well? How can we change and adapt that or whatnot? So, if if that's the basis of it, then everybody, in some form or fashion, is is a critical theorist in their own right. Um, as yep. far as understand, as far as the scope goes, um, on on, on a very macro level of of critical theory. So. Guys, we want you to know and understand there is a difference between the two. So if somebody says, hey, critical theory, they are not saying critical race theory. They may think that they are, but you can say, you know what? No, 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 no. You got to define the two because there is a difference because I have a rectangle and the, 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 the width and the height are not the same. So therefore, it's got to be different. It cannot it can't be a square. Okay, so same same process. Understanding that when when it, it and it's it's always important when we when we get to these topics to actually define what we're talking about because if you if you start on on some sort of level of agreement, then it's easier to it's easier to to move the uh, move the needle in one direction or the other. It's easier to have some some sort of civil discord because you both agree. Okay, that's critical race theory. No, 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 no. That's not what it is. And if you can't agree on that, then of course you, you guys will be talking past each other nonstop, nonstop, nonstop. So um, Amanda had touched on it. And, and so um, I, I, I don't know where I was when I first heard, when I first heard critical race theory, as far as the term is concerned. Um, I'd probably like heard things about it um, as, as far as like things in the past, you know, where, you know, it's, it's especially growing up in my culture. Um, you, and I, I, I would say this would be a, would, would be a start. It's like a, as a black man, I have to work twice as hard to get just as far. And I'm not saying that, that that's a form of it, but, but I could see that being a form of critical race theory of like, Hey, like you, everywhere you go, you're always oppressed. You are always there. Like, because of, because of what you look like, 
there there's always going to be some sort of issue with that and and when so when 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 I when I when last week when I was like hey like let's talk about it like let's discuss it. I was like okay well let me do some more research and understand and because I I had heard um, somebody speaking about this on the Instagram live and they were just reading the tenets of critical race theory and at first I was like well none of this sounds bad like all of this is is based on is based off of facts so like the the first one is it says and and I and I, I went to Britannica so in its encyclopedia. Hopefully they're not as biased as as everything else. Now everybody's got their form of bias, and I get that. But this is, I I, I try to to be as neutral in this as possible, and not approach this from a from an understanding of okay, this is this this is AKA the Daily Wire talking about critical race theory, or this is MSNBC talking about critical race theory. Like one is vehemently opposed to it and one is 100% behind it. So um, I try to go, try not to go to those sources. So I, I, I went to Britannica. Hopefully they are as nuanced and non-biased as possible, but they say the, the basic tenets of CRT, according to the authors, include following claims. One, race is socially constructed, not biological, not biologically natural. Now, I'm not sure how I feel that race is not biologically natural. Um, I, I guess I would need some more explanation on, on what that is, but okay. So that's point number one. Uh, let's see, Harold, how many tenants are there? I think I've seen five. So it's, it's, according to this, there's five. Um, two, racism in the United States is normal, not aberrational. It is common. It is the common ordinary experience of most people of color. So in essence, racism is common, happens to everybody everywhere they go. Um, let's see, it's, it, it says, owing to what critical race theorists call interest convergence or material determinism, legally advances or setbacks for those people of color tend to serve interests of the dominant white groups, thus racial hierarchy that characterizes Americans, American society must be, may be unaffected or even reinforced um, by ostensible uh, improvements in the legal status of oppressed or exploited people. So uh, black people being locked up or people of color being locked up, and let, let's, just, let's just say what it is, black people, um, being locked up helps white people. Um, and that's like, like you, can't, you can't disprove that. That is what it is. And, you know, people are being exploited. Um, four members of minority groups periodically undergo differential um, racialization or the attribution of them of them of varying sets of negative stereotypes again depending on the needs or the interest of whites and then five according to the thesis of intersectionality and what was that uh, anti um, essentialism no individual can be adequately identified by membership in a single group so an African-American person, for example, may also identify as a woman, a lesbian, a feminist, a Christian, and so on. And then, um, so there's, you're, you're, you're not in one group. You can, you can kind of fit everywhere else. And then a voice of color, I'm sorry, there's six. A voice of color thesis holds that people of color are uniquely qualified to speak on behalf of other members of their group regarding the forms and effects of racism. The census has led to the growth of these leg storytelling movement, which argues the self-expressed views of victims of racism, yada, 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 yada. So starting off, 
Amanda, what are your thoughts? Well, it's interesting, right? Um, I'm making I'm making notes as you, as you're reading these. Mm-hmm. It would seem as though the last premise that you read that people of color are uniquely qualified to speak on behalf of members of their group. That is somewhat, um, it's complicating the premise right before that. Yes, which it is. is that people are not essentialized. Now, of course, I, I understand how you can say, well, no, you can belong to multiple groups, right? But even the premise that you belong to a group uh, and you are qualified to speak on behalf of all those other members who belong in that group, that presumes that you can be essentialized with respect to that group. So maybe you, Maurice, belong to multiple different groups, but your status as a person of color qualifies you and makes you like most or every other person of color. Right. Um, if you're a Christian, your status as a Christian makes you qualified to speak as though you represent all Christians. Um, so to me, I feel like there's a little bit of a, there's something that needs to be disentangled there. Um, you had a question at the very, the very beginning about how, uh, race is not biologically natural. And this is, this is something that, uh, you know, people will say that race is a construct. I, I do believe that that race is a construct insofar as yes, you can have people with different skin tones, skin tone isn't all, it isn't the only thing that goes into race. And in fact, there is no one gene that will say that your skin is going to be a certain color anyhow. Right. Um, and the idea of race as being socially constructed actually allows people to then go in and uh, reverse engineer race and say that people, certain, certain ethnicities used to not be white and now they are. Mm. See this a lot on with people like Nicole Hannah Jones will say this. People will talk about how Italians have become white. Jews have become white. They weren't mm. white before and now they are. Um, and the entire question of, of race as a social construct uh, also pertains to that as well, because sometimes you're not even making a racial distinction based on phenotype and based on skin tone. You're talking about it um, with regard to like culture and ethnicity. Right. Um, and there are still distinctions that need to be sussed out with that as well. What's the distinction between race and ethnicity? Um, I'm, I'm curious to hear where you agreed and disagreed with some of those points. Um, cause I honestly, I don't know. I don't know what you're going to say. <laughs> so some of these points, like on their face, if you just talk to an average black person, you could say like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Um, especially when they, when, when they talk about, uh, the 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 legal advances or setbacks within the system of of how you can say um i mean i watched a documentary called 13th and and it literally talks about how the 13th amendment still allowed for slavery but in a different type i mean and 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 it does it does like you know the, the idea of you being in the prison system and you are now don't have to be paid for what you do that's free labor um, and we, 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 we see issues like this that, that, that have kind of like come about with, I mean, I, I know in California when they had those wildfires, the, the, the wildfires, they were having people who in prison go out and fight these fires and so forth. So like, I, I, I can see that. And so on its face, I, um, on its face for somebody who doesn't truly understand like what they're saying, you could say like, okay, yeah, you know, that makes sense. Like 
a lot of a lot of black people are, are locked up for one reason or another and 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 you could say you know i mean because when they talk about the crack at, um ep- epidemic and and when all those things like how there are stories of you of having federal agents throwing crack into black communities to lock people up and then you have the three strikes and 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 so this war on drugs i i can see where where, where people would say like okay you know that makes sense like like th- that that is used used toward the advancement because black people aren't the ones owning prisons white people are you know in in in, in their mind and so i could see where so and that's that's point number 3 i could see that um now do i think that that cannot be changed and that's irreversible? No, not at all. Um, do I think that that those setbacks are deliberately, and I, I, I won't say deliberately, I'm trying to find the best word like, because overtly I do think that they are affecting minority communities more than other people, especially when you, when you look at sentencing and for, for the same, which, which, even even that all the variables aren't the same because most minorities their defenders are public defenders and they're not they, and they typically plea out as opposed to actually going to trial and and whatnot so that's more of an of a socioeconomic issue than it is a race issue which um, you could say the, the two are intertwined because they are um, but so so th- that one I can see I still don't necessarily agree with it um, because I don't I don't think that that certain issues have a racial, that we have a racial hierarchy. Um, and, and we, um, and I'll, I'll explain why in a minute. Um, so you, you touched on one of the things that I was like, that makes no sense to me whatsoever. Um, the fact that, you know, points five and six where, Hey, everybody's individual, everybody can be an individual, a part of different groups, but then as a person of color, I can speak for somebody else in that individual group makes no sense to me whatsoever. It's like, Hey, we were, we don't support tribalism, but we support tribalism, you know, because black people are a monolith, you know, and, and so forth, which I vehemently disagree with partly because I, I don't understand why why a black person would want to be a monolith when we all face different things. Like a black person in, 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 in Texas does not deal with the same things like a black person in California does not deal with the same things like, like a black person in Georgia. Um, so sorry, my dog just decided to run out and I'm, I'm pretty sure somebody's at the door. So, um, so that, that is one thing that I'm like, okay, like we've got to get past that. There's no way that, that you can say, that just because I'm a black Christian, that I have the same that that I face the same things with somebody else. So that that five, five and six are I'm like okay, like no, we we got to stop right there. I don't agree with that, partly because of partly because of my experiences. Like like I've, I've 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 been through a lot of things in my life. I've dealt with a lot of things, and so I know how to address those things. And and somebody else who hasn't will address them very differently. So you, so I can't speak for them when they say I've, I've experienced racism. I'm, I'm trying to think of like how, how horrible a representative for white people I would be. I mean, I, I hate avocado. I hate the Beatles. I don't smoke weed. I'm, I'm a terrible, horrible representative of white people. (laughs) (laughs) I would say like, I'm a terrible, terrible representative of black people. Like, I mean, it's like, I don't, you know, it's, it's like, I don't necessarily go to a black church. I don't vote Democrat. 
Um, you know, like, the, the, you know, I'm not I'm not big into hip hop where that's that's part of the black culture. You know, like I don't smoke weed. I don't you know, I'm, I'm very I'm, I'm almost as straight edge as they come, you know, even to the point to where, like growing up, people would call me an Oreo because you don't act black like you don't act black. You're black on the outside, but you're white on the inside. Like and so maybe that. Maybe that disqualifies me from talking about critical race theory. I don't know because I experience racism from 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 people of my own my own culture, you know. I, but hey, that's we'll talk about that as well too. So that's the other weird thing is I've heard people refer to Dominicans as not black, and again, this 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 gets at the incredible malleability of race, which in general I agree with. But the people who are, tend to be referring to, uh, to Dominicans as not black are themselves either white or very, very um, socioeconomically privileged and really seem to be wanting to make racial distinctions and class distinctions and vice versa, but are not, uh, there isn't really even enough diversity of class or race between the people who are making those distinctions for me to feel comfortable and certainly to have something it's it's incredibly western centric right to yes. say we are going to to determine who's black and who's white and these dominicans aren't black because right. they don't have the experiences of the black people in you know in in the u.s um which you know who you know, who can even determine what that is right um, it, that's, that's what is confusing to me as well. No, for, for sure. And, and I don't, I don't want this to, to turn into a, a lot of like, I, I'm gonna go ahead and put it out there. I'm not a fan of critical race theory, but on the surface, it looks like it's trying to help people of color. And, mm -hmm. and so I, I think, I think that's a lot of why people want to embrace it because on the surface, it looks like it helps. Um, now when you dig into the weeds, uh, it doesn't, it, it, it actually, it, it does more harm than good. In in my opinion, it does. And I, and I feel like the way that, that it's played out in certain school systems, um, as far as how it's being taught, it, it, it creates a lot of issues and, 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 and we'll get into that or whatnot, but, um, and, and am, am I missing anything as far as the overall, um, uh, I say overall arcing, arching idea of what critical race theory is. Am I missing anything? Did I skip anything? Do we need to touch on anything before we I move think, deeper? I think you got a lot of the fundamental tenets down and I would probably, I think now might be a good time to, um, to talk about the, the earlier intellectual ideological foundations that I mentioned earlier. Yes. Um, I have, obviously, this is a bit of a riff and feel free to interrupt me because it is lengthy and it's weird. And I want to be, I don't want to like lose you or any listeners. This, <laughs> um, this is what I've learned or, you know, learned from being around a lot of people who, uh, who are fans of CRT. Right. And, and again, as I, I will, I, if, if I don't understand something, if, if I don't understand something, I'm sure our listeners will probably like, a, okay, like, hey, can we can we go that further? So I will be asking questions for sure to kind of break things down when when 
when we talk about things because because um you, you had mentioned something earlier and one of the one of the things that I pulled up while I was studying brought up it was like European Marxism or whatnot. Mm-hmm. And I was like, hmm, okay, you know, like like I've I've heard this Marxist ideologies, but I've never seen it like truly in critical race theory. So this would be a great way to to break that down and, and to discuss that. Yeah, uh, so it, it really it underscores it. So you can you can think of CRT as governed in terms of its dogma, the way that a church hierarchy is governed. Okay. Um, and comparing this to a religion, it's not perfect, but it's it's apt in a lot of ways. But this is like a religion that's infused with some pretty classist elitist prejudices, namely the people at the top are the intellectuals governing the ideology of the movement. But the people who are actually bringing the movement to fruition are the masses who aren't really supposed to get all of the intricacies of the ideology behind mm. it, because what they're good for is action. And the upper echelons are good for thought. And this is why, by the way, you have the upper echelon speaking in terms of absolutes. So you're not supposed to think about what's being said. You're mm-hmm. not supposed to think too hard. You're supposed to accept it as true. And you're certainly not supposed to ask any questions. And this is straight out of really a Leninist playbook. And that's not really a secret in any circles. So this is part (laughs) of me spilling the tea and lifting the curtain. Um, The idea behind CRT-informed policies and thought is what's called the negation of the negation. This might ring a bell for some people. It, it It goes from Hegel to Marx to Lenin. A guy named George Friedrich Hegel, and that H was from all kinds of places. Um, <laughs> um, uh, probably not Germany, um, but but Hegel says that um, for all being, you have to have non-being. You can only know something in its relation in relation to its opposite. But there is a fundamental difference, and you can only know identity. Um, with respect to nothingness. And the difference between Marx and Hegel, so think of this in terms of you can only know whiteness in relation to non-whiteness, and you can only know non-whiteness in relation to whiteness. So the difference between Marx and Hegel is that for Marx, um, the material reality and history precedes the metaphysical world of your mind. So what's interesting for our purposes as we're progressing from Hegel to Marx now is that Marx says the material world conditions your thought and character. So if you believe that, uh, you also be- and you also believe that race is a construct, then you believe that race is a construct conditioned by material reality. Okay. This one allows people to argue without any kind of cognitive dissonance that certain groups can become white as historical conditions change. Okay. So, and again, this is a very naive way of viewing power dynamics because you're envisioning power and whiteness as imposed from only one source. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's the critical distinction between Marx and Hegel. Okay. Um, and this is also interesting because this is why people will often say, you know, how do we go from this post-structure of post-structuralist left that thinks there's no objective truth to a very woke religiously racialized left that thinks that there is one definitive capital t truth as it relates to history and justice okay because mark says that history progresses always right according to this negation paradigm okay um and that the way that happened is we have two separate philosophies of history okay um and 
it's important for uh, to, to point that out because the way that I understand it, evil always begins with the rhetoric of tolerance and the rhetoric of capital T truth, which is not to say tolerance is evil. I don't think it is at all. Right. Always begins by co-opting that rhetoric. Okay. Um, Marx goes on and he says, this is how history progresses, which is why you have revolutions and then you have reactions to the revolution. But you notice that oftentimes the tactics of revolutionaries often take on the same character of the reactionaries. Okay. And then compare that to what people often argue today is that, oh, well, people who are supposedly anti-racist are really taking on very racial paradigms, right? Mm -hmm. They're acting in a very racialist way. Um, And this, Marx says, that kind of behavior is inevitable because if you want to negate the current order, you have to exist in relation to that order. And this is a big idea in German philosophy around that time, which worked out well, um, (laughs) that the subject can only exist in relation to the object. You only know who you are by identifying what you are not. So you have to take on the behaviors and the characteristics of what you are not to identify yourself. Okay. So to negate, you have to identify yourself with respect to what you're negating. So if you're combating white supremacy, white supremacy is a negation of your identity. Right only way that you can assert your existence in a white supremacist world is to define yourself with respect to white supremacy. Right. So that's really what Hegelian and Marxian negation is about. It's about okay. being to the other, what the other is to you. So is, is this where we kind of get that, that line? It's not enough to be non-racist. You have mm-hmm. to be anti-racist. Exactly. Okay. Because the yeah, the idea is that if you don't distinguish yourself, then you don't have an identity. Okay. So yeah, exactly. Okay. Being non-racist is just like being part of this primordial sludge where there's there can be no progression of history. Right. And this is where Marx and Lenin come in because Lenin says history only progresses according to this this clash of fundamental opposition. Okay, makes sense. And what ultimately happens after that clash of fundamental opposition is what's called sometimes the absolute. It's an imperfect translation of a German word called Aufhebung, which I don't speak German well enough to give a full etymological you know, rundown of what that is. Think of the absolute as what the rapture is to the guy on the street corner holding the sign that says repent. It's, okay end of history it's the revolution it's the big one so this is why it's very convenient now to lump all of this anti-capitalist rhetoric um because again you remember this originates from the same place lump in all this anti-capitalist rhetoric because you want that revolution too. lump that in with uh with racist and racialized rhetoric Mm. as well so 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 i so is is that kind of where we we get the the idea of, of 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 oppression Mm-hmm. of black people black people being or or specific races I, I, I mean people of color and i hate using that term when when i refer to me because there are so many different people of color and again you're lumping us into one group um but so so where 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 you when you when you kind of combine critical race theory and and the, the with the marxist ideology and everything springing forth of capitalism bad you know white people are bad white people in capitalism. And so you equate the two with, with, 
with um, you equate capitalism with white supremacy and white supremacy with capitalism. And so now in today's society, it's very almost it's not hard to distinguish between the two. But according to certain people of a, of an ideology, they'll say, oh, if you're a capitalist, you're right. So you're, you're white supremacy or, or white supremacist. Exactly. Okay. Uh, so what Marx Marx had said that, first of all, when you're thinking of these terms, you need to be thinking in terms of eschatology. I'm not saying you, Maurice, right. but one is thinking in terms of eschatology, meaning that there's a definitive endpoint and it's inevitable. Mm-hmm. And think, yeah, thinking about in terms of the inevitability of this. Uh, so what Marx said is that this inevitable revolution is going to be in terms of class and going to be in terms of obliterating class distinction, which is weird, right? Because now we're starting to get to, well, if you obliterate all distinction, you obliterate the ability to critique distinction. Mm. which is kind of why I think that critical race theory and critical theory at all, um, because you're, you're obliterating the ability to even critique culture, but that's, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. The, the, the point is, this is how Marx frames it. And okay. then because there needs to be in that worldview, there needs to be a capitalist slash communist revolution. And there should also be a racial reckoning. Mm. Let's lump these two together because the ideology is coming from the same place. Okay, that makes sense. The goal isn't racial harmony. Um, It's anathema to those aims because, again, harmony and unity, as you said, not being racist, that presumes a lack of negation. Mm -hmm. To get to the absolute, we have to negate. And this is, again, where Lenin comes in. And this this is from... His, his work on the question of dialectics. He says, the unity of opposites is conditional, temporary, transitory, relative. The struggle of mutually exclusive opposites is absolute, just as development and motion are absolute. He links this struggle hmm. of mutually exclusive opposites to development and progress. Right. And I think the operative term there for him is mutually exclusive because... Yeah. I personally don't believe in mutually exclusive opposites or what's called fundamental difference. I, I, I do believe in distinction, but I don't believe in fundamental difference. Mm. And that's, that's kind of part of my theology. So, I, you know, that my theory of being is, is informed by a predominantly Jewish theology um, that says that there are no mutually exclusive opposites. There is being. Right. Um, and then there's distinction from being and there's creation as a result of that distinction. Um so it's a little bit harder to get around this if you, if, you, if you are of the mind that material precedes metaphysical, but if, if you don't see a fundamental disunity at all or you question that, um, then this starts to fall apart a little right. bit. That makes sense. That makes sense. So, so in essence, it's, it's the idea of so we, we, we discussed, um, and I, I guess that's kind of where we got the, w- w- I'm kind of trying to piece the, all this together to what I see today, as far as things go, um, where it's not, and, and I, I go back to the, cause that, that was a tweet by, by somebody, but, you know, be, you know, being anti-racist, um, as opposed to just not being racist, um, that has to be linked to something. And so in essence, when you say that that's already combative. It's already like, like that's not living in, you know, like, like you said, th- there's no harmony there. There's a, that's already, Hey, 
you were if if you are not for me you're against me regardless like you know it's it's like we have let's say we have an i i i'll use a different example because i don't want to use the word gangs in this when we're talking about critical race theory but let's say we have three households that one household one doesn't like household three and so household three goes to household two and, and, and says hey i need your help in this because household one sucks and household two is like nah man we're not in this you know like 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 i don't want to deal with that and and they're like oh well since you're not trying to help me that means you're my enemy now too and you're with household one when that's not even what household two said they said no like we we're just not involved in any of this because that's y'all's quarrel that's between y'all i'm i like i'm not dealing with that and and what i i, I think what 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 these three what their ideology was was literally it wasn't or, or what it evolved into was no you can't have that you have to pick a side and if you don't pick the right side then you are no longer then if, if you don't side with me then you're my enemy regardless of how um nuanced you want to get into that as opposed yeah. to there is there is no switzerland you cannot be switzerland you have to pick a side and and which is what we see today you know we see like oh you can't do this you know make sure you're posting a black square in solidarity make sure you have to do this and you have to do this and you have to do this which um like you just touched on is, is like that's not critical theory at all like we're here to uh, and what i view is as we're here to be objective about the situation and and discuss what's right and what's wrong and then and move forward to to progress to better things as opposed to coming to the idea of what's absolute truth and this is absolute there's you know and it's hard to argue with somebody when they when they bring up race because because then like because they'll they'll throw you oh well you're a racist then like they'll throw that out there even though that in my in, in my in my view that world has lost that word has lost all of its meaning like anything is now racist and it drives me up the wall math is now racist which is which, which i feel like is a part of this critical race theory like that's had to, like who would think it was like math is now racist um tests are now racist um so many different things are now racist because it oppresses people of color and be and and the moment you speak out and say dude math is not racist math has been in this world forever and it's universal it's a universal language and that's how we can communicate with this and this and this and and how we can race to the moon even though we speak different languages you know like but no that's racist kind of thing and uh, so am 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 i getting that the is is, is that everything kind of summed up you're getting a lot of it yeah and i mean okay. i, I I think it's it's funny too because you mentioned math being racist i'm like ah, funnily enough i seem to i think the the pioneers of most mathematical premises that have that have been really fantastic and phenomenal i think if you go back to arab societies they were they were kind of pioneering mathematics and i you know it, it's it's that is funny to me it's and it's also i don't know if it's funny it's funny and sad in, in the same way because you mm. can I, I've heard people joke about this, but you literally can. You can Google anything and Google white supremacist after it, and you will find some think piece about how knitting is white supremacist, 
hats are white supremacists. The gym is white supremacist. I'm, I'm actually, I've read some of these think pieces, so I'm not making these up. Um, curtains are white supremacists. You really can with anything. And it's, it's sad to me because I do think that certainly there are white supremacists and there, there are institutions of society that lead to racial inequities mm -hmm. and that can be resolved and that maybe in their inception were um, were crafted with racial animus. And I do want to correct those, but that is fundamentally the way that, you know, that, that this new way of looking at things and it's kind of an older way of looking at things too, sees any inequity, which mm -hmm. is not the same thing as inequality. If you see a discrepancy in outcome, you think you automatically attribute it to some type of existing prejudice. Right. Um, you know, people will sometimes say that, well, maybe you don't think of yourself as racist, but you benefit from racism. I don't think I benefit from, from people being less, you know, having fewer opportunities than I do. I think I suffer a lot mm -hmm. from people having fewer opportunities than I do because I'm not, if, if someone has fewer opportunities, they're not able to innovate and they're not able to, to, to be a member of, you know, they're, they're more encumbered in terms of their participation in society right. and academia. And there's, there's all of these opportunity costs right. that, that we incur from keeping people down. Right. So I object to the notion that non-people of color benefit from racial systems. I think it's an incredible injustice to everyone. For sure. I mean, like, like you said, it, it's one of those things of if if every if if everybody starts off on an equal playing field and so forth and and which which I, I get not everybody does because life doesn't do that. Like we're all we, we all deal with the cards that were dealt in life. Like I get that. But if you were overtly keeping somebody down, that doesn't benefit society at all, like in the not in the least bit. Like, cause that, that is, like you said, that's a mind that can't be molded in a specific way. You know, we don't get the greats like Thomas Sowell or the late great Walter E. Williams. You know, we don't get Frederick Douglass or Booker T. Washington or book or, um, or, or Malcolm X. You know, we don't get these minds if everybody is, if, if the system keeps them out. Now I'm not saying that the system treated them well at all because it sure didn't treat Malcolm X well. And it didn't treat Martin Luther King Jr. well. And it didn't treat Booker T. Washington or Frederick Douglass well. Like, like, I get that. But I think my issue with a lot of this is, is the whole, we look at, I mean, like, like you said earlier, we look at the outcome and then assume that everything is, oh, it's because, oh, well, Maurice isn't, you know, making yada 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 money or so forth but he's got this degree and this degree and this degree oh it's because he's black as opposed to as opposed to it being what decisions did i make to 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 lead me down this path now i'm not saying that everybody starts on a level pay, playing field because we don't i 100 get that but i assure you that is more a socioeconomic issue than it is a race issue because i know people who who started off far worse than me and they're white. And, and, and I know people who have started better off in life than I have and they're black. Like, so, I mean, it's, it's, 
when when we break stuff down, especially to this equality of outcome stuff that I cannot stand, like, no, that's not like, I don't, I don't want to say that's not fair. That's that does not benefit society as a whole. That doesn't benefit me, um, which is which is what I feel like a lot of critical race theory leads to um, the, the concept of we have to change everything so everybody can have the same outcome in life. And no, like that's that's not okay. That's not okay. I don't want to have the same outcome in life as somebody who is who who's strung out on drugs and refuses to change their life. Like, no, because I didn't make those decisions. And and granted, am I willing to 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 step aside and help them out if they want help? Yes, 100 percent. But we should not have the same outcome in life, especially if we started on the same level. Like you you cannot you, you, you can't dictate how life is going to be partly because there are variables every single day that we have to deal with. And when when we have this ideology of you're one way or the other and there's no middle ground, like that's very dangerous. I mean, it's 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 one of those things that, like you get into an argument and and it's 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 kind of like, oh well, it's either this way or this way. It's either this way or this way. There's no in between. And you're like, well, it kind of depends. And like, no, 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 no. It doesn't depend on anything. It's your way or it's my way. There is no, it depends on the time of day and how we're feeling or how much money we have or nope, 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 nope. That's not it. It has to happen tomorrow. has to happen tomorrow. And it's like, that doesn't make any sense. And, and it's to keep you, I mean, I, and on one level, it's to keep you from thinking too hard, right? Because it, it's to keep you from, from asking critical questions. Right. Um, and, and you're also getting at the distinction in, when talking about equity and equality, you're talking about a distinction between everyone should have the opportunities to become as advantaged as the most advantaged person, which I absolutely agree with. Yes. Versus no one should be more advantaged than the least advantaged person. Right. And that's what policies that aim at equity in outcome refer to. And this is, this is why we're seeing this kind of slow massaging from equality to equity. I'm pretty sure that probably within the next couple of years, equality um, is going to become some white supremacist word. Yep. And, and the order of the day is, is going to be equity. Yep. Um, yeah, this, this is, uh, it, it's also, it also goes back to this whole making whiteness the stand-in for dominant culture. Mm. Uh, which is something that I see a lot. And, and this is, you know, anytime you hear people talking about, okay, well, Latinos are now white, or at least Latinos who voted for Trump are white. Um, and I object to that, first of all, on the premise that why, why does whiteness have to be the dominant culture? Why does cultural dominance have to be affiliated with any particular phenotype? Right. Um, and then again, why affiliate cultural dominance the skin tone which is lame and reductive and like please just pick something that literally isn't the most superficial thing yeah that that just don't just regurgitate something that someone just spewed at you in your freshman philosophy 101 seminar and you thought oh well that professor's hot and these are big words and this person sounds <laughs> smart and i need to do what they're saying this is not at all lifted from personal life experience stop looking at me like that <laughs> so and and then whiteness is dominant culture it, this if the goal is to eliminate whiteness or be less white, then by extension, the goal is to eliminate culture. But the thing is that dominant culture supposes there's a series of cultures. Mm -hmm. And so they're all intertwined because we're not about fundamental opposites. 
And if the goal is to eliminate dominant culture, then mm-hmm. the goal should then the goal is also implicitly to eliminate any commentary on that culture or counterculture. So that eliminates art, that eliminates philosophy, that eliminates theory. That's your close reading of the Republic, by the way. That's what Plato Socrates tries to do. And that's funny mm-hmm. seeing how this entire worldview from top to bottom is derived from Western Socratic philosophy, which last I checked was from white dead guys. Okay, <laughs> I'm really not really sure if, if people are thinking about this super critically. Um, and there's no room for there's no room for the philosopher in Plato's Perfect City. There's no room for the critical theorist or any kind of theorist or critic in the new woke topia. Mm-hmm. So, and, anyway. and it's 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 one of those things of like you by doing this, you get more and more white in a society because you start to say like, oh, well, there's race in that, that we have to correct, so we get rid of this. And and I don't wanna use that same old stale talking point when you talk about Uncle Ben and Aunt Jemima and so forth, but you literally start doing that. You know, when you get rid of the Cleveland Indians getting rid of their mascot. Now I get like if, you know, or, and, or you know, the Washington football team, the, the formerly called the Washington Redskins. Now I get, if that's a derogatory term, nix that like like okay i'll like cool beans whatever you know but the like i mean the cleveland indians oh well their mascot was okay well well if, if their mascot was bad just change the change the mascot like don't change the name you know like it's or call them the cleveland native americans like like if, if that's what you want to do like like none of that stuff you were literally just making it to where now all that you have in in sports teams are white mascots like that's what you get the notre dame fighting iris i mean that's let's talk about why they're called the fighting iris but nobody wants to address that nobody's going to address that like and it's the same way i'm about to nerd out here and i'm and and if anybody who listens to this um love some of your beloved characters via marvel or dc or whatnot please stop like 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 don't stop listening to this podcast because of this but we see this happening right now with, with, with a lot of with a lot of characters because you get characters when they change the race, like, oh, it's because we want representation. We want this, we want that. And it's because you see people, they only see validation in white male characters. They say, well, the, now, again, I love Falcon. I love Falcon in, in the Marvel Universe. I do. I enjoy him. He's his own character. Why do you have to make him and he's got to be the new black Captain America because we only seek validation because he's not a real character if, if he's Falcon. He's only real character if, if he's Captain America. And so you when you start to put these things into place, you are now starting to to take away the culture that people have, have actually worked so hard to develop. Falcon was his own unique original black character that people can get behind and support. And then all of a sudden, if you take him and make him another character that people originally think is white, it changes your whole perspective of it now. It's like, okay, well, he wasn't good enough to be Falcon. So now he has to be Captain America. And and so when we go through this process, and I'm sorry if you guys like Captain America and the Winter Soldier, that's fine. I have my issues with that for a lot of reasons. But we see this in, in, in comic books and movies that people are just starting to change rate change things based off of race and it does not make things any better i'm sorry comic books have gotten worse the movies are not as good like because you're not finding 
you know, because you're not adapting something that's that's plainly written out for you and 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 then finding the best character to fit that specific role you're now changing changing the character changing how they act changing how they look and it's not a good thing it it, it doesn't benefit society in any way it stifles create it stifles creativity like, like when you talk about arts now all i have to do is rewrite the same story change the color of the guy or the or make them from a man to a woman or whatever and now I've got, it's the same thing over and over and over again. And so now my the 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 art side, the craft, like 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 the craft that it takes to actually write movies or to write a comic book or to come up with a slogan or to create a mascot or whatever whatever that looks like, all of that creativity is now gone. And so honestly, you get dumber as a as a society. Now everybody is walking in footstep, and a brave new world. Here we come. And, and it's incredibly insulting too, because yes. okay, as, as you're saying this, I'm thinking about myself growing up as, as a little kid. And I, I think people did try to, or, or just assume that you're telling me that I can only identify with a character if they are a white woman. Is it that those of you who are listening, I'm, I, I'm identified as white. I don't identify with any race. I'm identified as white and I identify as woman. So you're telling me that I, I can only identify. But when I look back on my favorite characters as a kid, first of all, I loved Simba, which isn't even a person. <laughs> that was my favorite was Simba. Okay. Which I get technically, I guess would be a black man. Yeah. If we're, if we're really, yeah. <laughs> if we're t- being He's a black man. And also a lion. He's a black exactly. male lion. Black male lion. Um, He's African. But, yeah. And then after that, but you know, Luke Skywalker from Star Wars. I love Luke Skywalker. I had a massive crush. I'm not making this up. I even still have a a, a magnet of a, like a puppet magnet. I had a massive crush and still do on Frederick Douglass. I honestly like all of the, and I've never thought I should have a crush on Frederick Douglass because. Mm black and that's going to make me you know it's going to make me accepting other no i just thought he was awesome right and i did have a little bit of a crush on luke skywalker but that's a different story <laughs> um, i never thought about these people's genders or what color skin they had i obviously knew that they had a certain color of skin but that just didn't go into my internal calculus right. about whether i was going to identify with them or appreciate them or not and right. so now you get this really toxic way of looking at things like, oh, well, such and such isn't for you. Mm-hmm. Your Black History Month isn't for you. You know, it's for everyone. I don't know if I don't know if you noticed this, but there are people who have made massive contributions to the entire world and to society. And yes, it's for everyone. Yes. All yes. of these appreciations and these holidays, Juneteenth is for everyone. That's the entire effing point i'm sorry now we're gonna get into your thing about two teeth but i i mean but the idea behind it right and i i, I actually am curious to hear your your two teeth <laughs> no so but before we get there but b- before we talk about juneteenth because okay. again like it's it's uh my and and i will admit that some of my issues with it i'm probably biased because i I cannot stand Abraham Lincoln as a president. Okay, so, yeah. so that, that, that may be a starting point for me. Um, and, and that can be a different, a whole nother podcast on why I hate Abraham Lincoln as a president. Um, but before we get there, um, let's talk about, so like 
critical race theory because the the, the, the big thing is schools. So yes. should it be taught in schools? If so, if if it should be, how should it be implemented? And then if it shouldn't be, why should it like, like, like why should we keep it from schools? What are your thoughts on that? So I think it's a lot easier to, to go to go up the ladder, right? So talking about elementary schools, I think the first thing that we can do is, is tackling critical race theory, should it be taught, is a different question from how these policies emerge mm -hmm. in the way that we teach and in how we teach. I think it's absolutely fair to say for a public school, for a state school, you cannot segregate students by race for any type of class or activity, mm -hmm. for any school program, for any assembly, for any homework assignment, for any grading scheme. You, but what it's harder to do is say, don't teach critical race theory because mm -hmm. that's very vague. Right. What I would do is I would come at it, first of all, like a religion. I would treat it the same way that I would treat a public school that was trying to use faith-based teaching for science mm -hmm. and math class. Um, you need to see how CRT is informing the teaching and the policies itself. But I don't think, I mean, I, I think I would be a poor representative for commentary and dissent if I said that there's something that just can't be taught for discussion. Right. I think it's it was interesting. It would be interesting to have parents um, vote on the curricula. Again, if we're talking about under 18, mm -hmm. um, whether it's a public school or a private school, regardless, the parents are paying. So have the parents look at the history curriculum. Have the parents look at the science curriculum. Right. Um, what's dicier to me is when you get into, okay, well, there need to be some core standards because we test on them. Mm -hmm. So what do students need to know about history? Uh, what do students need to know about uh, society and, 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 and uh, its progression? So that's where it gets a little bit dicier is when you're developing for standards. Right. But I'm, what, what are your thoughts on, on schools? So, I, so I, I'd, I would say I would agree with everything that, that you just said. Um, and, and, and I want to be I want to make sure that I that I say this properly that I'm not saying don't teach history. I'm not saying that we don't teach about slavery. I'm not saying that you don't teach about the 13th Amendment and what it says. I'm not saying that you don't teach about, you know, chattel slavery and how it was so different than everything else and, and how, you know, everybody at the, you know, at the end of the Civil War, Black people were, were promised 40 acres and a mule and didn't get that. Like, I'm not saying don't teach. I'm not saying don't talk about Tulsa. I'm not saying, you know, don't talk about, you know, the, the civil rights movement and so forth and and the Civil Rights Act, which as an ANCAP, I it's, it's very different. But um, so I'm, I'm not saying don't teach these things because and partly because I learned these things growing up. Like it's not like it's it's hard to find. It's not like I, we weren't taught slavery or, or whatnot. What I'm saying is 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 uh, same thing with you don't tell me that i'm oppressed by by my best friend who's white when when my best friend is 110 pounds wet and he's not oppressing me for anything like i like i pin him down and it's like i'm faster than him i'm stronger than him i'm better looking than him i have a higher paying job this guy's not oppressing me in any in any form or fashion like don't tell me he's the oppressor and i'm being oppressed like so don't when you start teaching theories like that 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 segregate people that's where i really have an issue because because of the idea of hey you know as a parent 
I'm I will never ever my kids are gonna be black. For those of y'all didn't know, I'm a black man. My kids are gonna be black. Um, I will never ever tell my kid that they can't do something because of the, because of the color of their skin ever. And I will never tell them that hey, you know what? Your friends who 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 are different skin to, skin tone than you are better than you because because of where they come from. Like I will never say that. That's that's abhorrent. Like why would you teach a teach a child that? Like and all this stuff. And let's be real, racism is taught. Like it, it's people don't inherently. You're not inherently racist. Like regardless of what critical race theory says, you're not inherently racist. You want to know why? Go to a schoolyard and watch all the kids play and see who they're playing with. They're not playing segregated. They're all playing. They do not care what any other color looks like. They don't. They just say, hey, can you play Foursquare? Can you play basketball? Yes. Let's go play. Let's have fun. Let's kick a soccer ball around and make it work. Like, and and maybe I've been sheltered my life because I grew up in the military and everywhere I went, there was people and there was, it was always just people together playing. And I could, so from, but I'm just talking about from my experience, every schoolyard that I go to very, very, very integrated, very integrated. So I would say um, now if, if they're, breaking down for principles if there is a school a collective group of people who wants to open a school and say hey we're going to teach this in our in in our specific schools y'all can do that that's your own business cool beans do whatever you want to do but what i but if other people who are putting money into this situation do not want that to be taught as as a parent then you can't teach it sorry i'm all for 100 percent 100 percent of the people have to be on board if not then you're not teaching about about somebody being oppressed again i'm not talking about the history we can talk about the history all day long we're not and we'll talk a little bit about when we discuss juneteenth but i but you cannot explicitly say that somebody is the oppressee and somebody's the oppressor or whatever the case may be because i i tell you something my best friends who are not black are not oppressing me in the least bit i'm they probably look up to me they probably look up to me and say, man, man, Maurice, you a handsome young man. You fit. How do I be like you? Like, they're not oppressing me at all. One hundred percent. And I mean, I, that drives me up the wall when people say I that. know that's how I feel first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I and, you know, people will disagree and say that no racism is is is, you know, learned from a very early age or it's entrenched. And I'm only speaking for myself. I have a pretty good memory of myself as, as a little kid and I you know, first of all, I just, I remember finding, you know, hearing stories, obviously, about, about Jim Crow, hearing stories about slavery, and, and finding it abhorrent to the point of being physically nauseating. Mm. Um, like, yes, and, and I also remember, and I, I still feel weird, I, I feel weird saying black and white, first of all, because I don't like making racial distinctions, but also because, like, I, and as a very, very small child, I even said to my parents and I was like, why do we call people black and white? Nobody's black or white. Some people have brown skin and some people have peach skin. I was, I was like three years old. Yep. You, you really, you have to learn this. You do. Yeah. You do. So I, 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 I feel like that, that is a, a starting point for critical race theory and why I don't like it. Um, yeah. And, and, and I, and I promise you, you're not getting any milk toast um 
viewpoint, any milquetoast talking point or whatnot. I literally just read the tenets of what critical race theory is, and we just had a conversation about it. So um, that's not anything that 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 you hear some somebody on the right say, oh, well, blah, 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 blah. Like, you don't know what critical race theory is. I spent this whole week reading up on it, trying to understand it. We literally spent the first half of this podcast discussing it, where it came from, and the issues with it. And then we talked about my, uh, and then we talked about what we, I even talked about where I could, I could see people, you know, coming on board with it. Like, because some of the stuff that they talk about on a very surface level seems true, like it is. But when you break it down and you get down deeper into the weeds, it doesn't, it doesn't quite make sense. Which yeah. leads me into Juneteenth and my issue with Juneteenth. Okay. And, and I think, and, and I, and I, I guarantee you, I am in the far minority of 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 my views on Juneteenth but I firmly believe I believe that we as a nation should celebrate the liberation of black people I will you will never ever 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 hear me say anything opposite what I don't like is the fact that we celebrate it based off the emancipation proclamation and not based off the actual 13th amendment because simply because of the fact of the Emancipation Proclamation was only was only freeing slaves in Southern states. It did not free any slaves in the Northern states. And people will say, oh, well, that's because we had, no, 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 no. Kentucky was fighting for the union and they had slaves. Delaware was fighting for the union and they had slaves. Like, like so it's not, it's not any of this thing of like, oh, well, it, it was wait, we were waiting for union soldiers to get there and take, because somebody made that comment. It was like, well, well, they were waiting for Union soldiers to, because the, the Civil War wasn't over yet and the Union soldiers had, had to take over the rest of the territories. No, 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 no. This did not free any slaves in Union territories at all. Those slaves were not freed until the ratification of the 13th Amendment. And on December, was it 6th? Or I think it was the 6th or the 13th of 1865. So we're talking, we're literally talking six months after the people in Galveston heard about the 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 emancipation proclamation which is why i have an issue with it now again i'm not saying that 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 we should that we shouldn't celebrate it i'm just saying the premise on on the premise on what it was built on is not entirely true because i'm not going to celebrate until everybody's free like that's my viewpoint on it and somebody was like well so you don't celebrate fourth of july i'm like honestly fourth of july is not that big of a deal for me partly because if I was living back then the 4th of July, I wasn't free. So there was no independence and there was no, that's not independence day for me or whatnot. And so, and, and I look at it as Juneteenth isn't really independence day for me either because not, because not all of the slaves were free. If you were a slave in Kentucky, you were a slave in Kentucky until the 13th amendment was ratified. So if we were to celebrate the moment that the 13th amendment was proposed into, into Congress, which was during the civil war, prior to the prior to Juneteenth, so we're talking January of 1865, then I'm okay with that. If we're talking the 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 moment where you know it was voted on, then I'm okay with that. If we're talking the moment that was signed, I'm okay with that. I just don't like the premise that Juneteenth was built on. And 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 now you get all these people coming out of Woodworks who had no idea what Juneteenth was, none whatsoever. None whatsoever. And now they're trying to tell me, oh they're apologizing. I'm so sorry for my whiteness and, and Juneteenth. And I'm like, if you don't get that mess out of here, like get off my Facebook with that. Like, I'm so sorry about Juneteenth. Like, no. So that's where I come from with Juneteenth. I, again, 
if 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 that's what the date that we're going to use to be a federal holiday to celebrate the liberation of, of black people, then okay, I'm for it. I just have issues with it. And and like I said in the very beginning, it's probably because my bias towards Abraham Lincoln and how horrible a president I think he was and how much I cannot stand the man. Well not and I will admit that up front. Like that may be it. But that's my beef with Juneteenth. I, I can dig that. And I mean, honestly, I've, I've heard different things about Abraham Lincoln. I've heard a lot of uh, anarchists in particular say that they don't like Abraham Lincoln because he was way, way, way too much of a statist. And, you know, for me, it's hard because I'm like, well, yes, but also like what what else were you going to do right. um, to enforce, to, to enforce, you know, abolition? Right. Um, and so I, you know, that's, that's my own internal conflict. Oh, my beef with Abraham Lincoln has nothing to do with, I mean, a part of the status thing too, but partly because the man was a racist and didn't oh, want yeah. to free the slaves and wanted to ship them back to to uh, Liberia and yeah. have them create their own throne thing and didn't want them, didn't want them. Oh man, let me stop before I get, before no, I get it. That's, that's interesting too, because it reminds me of how, like how you get, and usually it's, it's a lot of white so-called anti-racists who are saying that we need to segregate people now. Um, yeah, I mean, you will have have anti-racists who, do, who don't believe that, but right. a lot of the calls for segregation are coming from, from white uh, neo-racists, I yep. guess is a better term. For sure. And it's, it's funny because it really is like the new construction of Liberia. Like, let's yes. just have a place where we can send all the people who aren't like us yep. and they'll have their superheroes and their holidays and their music. Yeah. yeah. So, but, but guys, <laughs> that wraps up the show. I know I ended this on, you guys probably like, oh my gosh, I can't believe he's so June. He doesn't like Juneteenth and he probably sounds like one of the conservatives and blah, 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 and whatnot. Far from the truth. I'm far from that. I'm not going to say I'm far from conservative, but, but I 100% like, like I'll celebrate Juneteenth. I just, I just, I personally think it was built on a falsehood um, as far as the, the, the emancipation of black people, because black people were not emancipated until December. I want to say it's December 6th or December 13th in 1865. So, yeah, I, which is fine. I was, was going to ask you, so, so do you have like another, another date where you would celebrate this holiday? But yeah, it sounds oh. like yeah, so so if 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 we want to celebrate it, the, the the first time it was introduced, so I think that was like January, it was January nineteen sixty five. I'm okay with that. If you want to celebrate the um the the time where it was ratified, I'm okay with that. Um, so so all of the all, there are other dates that we could easily choose from in which in in, in which to celebrate the you know the the, the abolition of slavery. The but. Build, building it on the Emancipation Proclamation is is not anything that that I feel like we, we should be doing. Partly because it came from a racist man who um, who was very much a, a statist and who was very much wanting to take control of everything and 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 the Civil War could have been easily avoided, one hundred percent avoided. But that that gets me on my Abraham Lincoln talk and 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 when if you guys. Or is curious as to where I get my information on Abraham Lincoln <laughs> or whatnot. One book that I can describe that that, 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 that I can um, recommend to you. It's called The Real Abraham Lincoln. I have it on audio. You can download it, listen to it. It talks about Abraham Lincoln, where he came from, what he did, or whatnot. And so and so that that is the jumping point that I got off on as far as Abraham Lincoln is concerned. So um, 
but yes, <laughs> nonetheless, nonetheless, um, happy Juneteenth, everybody. Again, I'll still say it. It's now, it is now a federal holiday. I will celebrate it. Liberation of black people. They gave us a day and, 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 and I'm cool with that. Like, and, and Amanda, like you said, that is a day for everybody. That's not a day just for black people. That is a day for everybody because just like everybody wants to celebrate independence day, let's all celebrate the day that an entire country got together and said, Hey, you know what? We're going to be done with, with, with holding people hostage um, against their will, unless they commit a crime. So uh, make it like, like, so I 100% support it. It is for everybody because not all abolitionists were black. As a matter of fact, most of them had to be of a different skin color because if not, they'd have been in chains. So let's be real about that. Um, I mean, th th there were a few that were free, but most of them were not. So, um, so happy Juneteenth, everybody. Again, happy Father's Day uh, for that as well too. Amanda, do you have anything else that we want to add before I tell them to subscribe, like, and all that stuff? Uh, just know ha happy Prime Day and maybe not happy, but a, uh, a, a um, an observant uh, Machiavelli's death day. It's this yard site today. So oh, yes. um, join the court of the ancients today. But yes, so now, now you can do the, uh, <laughs> the standard rip. Oh, yes. So, guys, again, thank you so much for listening to Civil Discord. Um, I hope that this episode shed some light onto critical race theory and the difference between critical theory and critical race theory. Um, I hope that you guys learned something. I know that this is this is a longer than normal episode, but there's a lot of information that we wanted to discuss and, um, and for, for people to have a basic understanding of that. Like the. Um, like us follow us on instagram it's civil discord podcast on instagram um where I, I love blowing up people in comment sections and so forth so if you follow me there you can see where i blow people up and i have conversations about juneteenth and so forth um follow us on twitter it is oh my it's civil podcast at, at civil, civil. At civil podcast yes follow us on twitter we're there as well too we're not on facebook yet and i'm not sure if we ever will be on facebook but um instagram twitter that's where we are um please subscribe to our podcast on apple podcast hit that purple subscribe button that way every single week as soon as we release an episode it gets it gets downloaded to your phone you can listen to us banter and talk um follow us on spotify wherever you catch your 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 podcast wherever you listen to them um please follow us there apple leave us a rating and review five stars if you think we are worth it and i know we are 100 worth it i mean why wouldn't we be we are um but again thank you guys for listening if you do all of that i assure you we will have another episode out for you guys next week until then y'all be easy <laughs>